0: Abuna, welcome
1: hi Abby, thank you very much
0: it's such a pleasure and a privilege uh to see you and uh, such a pleasure and a privilege to uh to have uh um to have you with us um if it's okay Abuna, i'll just introduce uh uh the the afternoon and then i'll uh invite Utsak to pray and uh, so every just uh, every, let everybody know what we're doing Welcome, everybody. Um, it's such a pleasure and a privilege to to have this time with you. Um, as you uh, may know already, we uh, were encouraging everybody to read the entire Gospel of John, um, as the Pope had had uh, invited us to do, uh, and, um, uh, and 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 then have uh, some time for questions and answers. Uh, and today is the third session. Father Mark will be. Uh, answering questions uh, for us from uh, the gospel of John uh, chapters 14 till the end till 22 Uh, of course if there are other questions that come up uh, that's great Um, the session has been scheduled to be an hour um, and so uh, from the time that uh, Father Mark says an opening prayer for us um, and so we'll uh, after an hour we'll have like a virtual ending where where we'll uh, uh we'll I'll, I'll wrap things up and invite abuna to pray um uh because this is being recorded and and uh cyc asked for a copy of the recording um but then uh uh, uh after that you're more than welcome to stay on and to ask your questions um uh, uh and so on so um that's kind of maybe how we're, what we're thinking uh, to do and kind of how to organize this. So uh, without any further ado, uh, uh, Wuna, please pray for us.
1: In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, my God, I mean, Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your presence. We ask you, God, the Holy Spirit, to open our eyes and our hearts to see the beauty and the truthfulness of your word. I ask you, God, the Holy Spirit to speak to us and to speak in us ask for a special blessing for everyone who's preparing for this three evenings or nights and for everyone attending on us with us this afternoon we pray in through the intercessions and prayers of Virgin mary and saint Mark and hear us when you pray with thankfully our father who art in heaven hallelujah name
0: So welcome Abuna and welcome everybody who is uh, joining us this afternoon, it's such a pleasure and a privilege. Um, Abuna, I would like to ask you just to share maybe with us 10-15 uh, minutes uh, a, a short contemplation while people uh, have time to, to put their questions in the chat and then I'll I'll uh, 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 ask uh, your, your reverend some questions and we can go from there.
1: Okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. We can open together, chapter 16, John, chapter 16. And we read together from verse 14. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine, and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Let us just focus on this couple of verses in the next few minutes to see how the theology of St. Cyril and the theology of St. Athanasius is based mainly on these two verses. What does it mean? There's a very famous quote by St. Athanasius and also by St. Cyril. Every gift is from the Father, by the Son, in the Holy Spirit, or through the Holy Spirit. We don't have anything in our church or in our salvation that is not Trinitarian. And these two verses can clarify to us what does it mean he will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Let us read from 15 to 14. In 15, he says, all things that the father has are mine. We cannot reach out to the father, but he sent his son to us to elevate us to him. So all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So what is the role of the Holy Spirit? He is going to glorify the Son by taking what is the Son has, which is originally what the Father has, and declare it to us. And I'm sure you heard before many times that the world declared him main, mainly more of convey. Just have one example to understand the meaning of it. You know, on the great first day, if you go to Luke chapter 22, you will find the Lord at the beginning of the day, which you will find it also in John chapter 13. He washed the feet of the disciples in John 13. Then he instituted the Eucharist. And immediately, if you go now to Luke chapter 22, will find the disciples fighting with each other or arguing who is the greater. Immediately in a few minutes, the Lord was telling and warning, Saint Peter, that you will deny me. What is going on? We have we are sitting with the Lord for three and a half years nearly in his public ministry, and now he's washing our feet, sending us to the world to do the same, and he gave us his life. What is wrong? On Friday, all of them ran away. And on Saturday, the Bible didn't record anything about them, but it seems they were hiding. Sunday morning, some of them went into the tomb. They saw that the tomb is empty. Some believed and some others not. Sunday evening, the Lord himself appeared while all the doors were locked and he came into the upper room and he spoke with them and we were very glad and joyful. A week later, on Thomas Sunday, he came once more, and we know the story. Unfortunately, a few days later, which you find the record of it in John chapter 21, he told them, I'm going to fish. And few of them said, we're going with you. What does it mean? The story is finished. We are not expecting anything anymore. Then all of a sudden, on the day of Pentecost, everything has been turned upside down. What happened? All what they have seen was real. They were eyewitnesses to everything. And they have seen the power of all the miracles that the Lord has done. But they didn't receive the Holy Spirit to dwell in them till this moment. That's why we know the story. The Holy Spirit is converting the story into a personal revelation with power. That's why the Lord was warning them. Don't leave Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, I will you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and to the end of the world. So we need to find out now that every single act in our life presented by the church is always Trinitarian. How? All things that the Father has are mine. Here is the Son, the Son is talking. Therefore, I said that He will take of mine and declare it to you. And then he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. On the day of Pentecost, the resurrection became real and a personal revelation to all the disciples, including Peter. The death, everything they have seen before, the Holy Spirit converted all of them into a real personal experience as a gift given from the Father by the Son, but now the Holy Spirit is declaring it and putting it in my own account, in my own faith, in my own system of belief. We'll see nearly the same story once more many times in the Gospels and the Book of Acts. Let me share two other stories, again, to strengthen the idea that the Lord is here and he's sending his Holy Spirit to do something different. But before going to this point, most of us, if not all of us, always used to say, in the 50 days, you are declining spiritually. You went up to the mountain on the Passion Week, and once we have the Easter, we are down spiritually once more. Let me share one small thing before sharing this, the other story to strengthen the idea that the Holy Spirit is taking what Christ has, which is already the, what the Father has, and declare it, conveyed it to us. When we end the Passion Week and we celebrate the Resurrection, we feel the story ended, no. Still we are looking for the ascension. Still we are looking looking for the Pentecost. What does it mean? It Means our journey is endless, never ended, and it will never end. So we need to readjust our mindset. Our mindset is telling us it's finished or the story has been ended, no. That's why if I have this in my heart, still, if you imagine the story of the resurrection or the story of salvation ended up by the resurrection, what does it mean? It means we have an assured hope of resurrection and that says you will stay and remain in this earth with the same characteristic of the earth. But we are looking for the ascension. That's why in the liturgy of St. Gregory, we are joyfully telling to the sun you have elevated our first fruit into heaven. I'm waiting for this day. So put in your mind that the, the, the journey did not end and it will never end. It's a journey towards eternity. If you go back to Luke chapter 24, the very famous story of the two disciples of Omais, both of them, as according to our Coptic tradition, it's Saint uh, Luke, Luke, Luke and Saint Cleopas. Both of them were among the 70 disciples. So they were eyewitnesses with the Lord for nearly three and a half years. That miracles when the Lord sent them two by two, all of them came joyful to the Lord and they said, even the demons are surrendering to us by the power of your name. So they are disciples or apostles, they are miracle makers and he witnessed everything that Jesus has done, and you knew the full story. You go to Luke chapter twenty-four. You will hear them when they were arguing with the Lord, when their eyes were constrained. That we know, and we hoped that this one is going to be the redeemer. But he died three days ago, and we are puzzled. We are amazed because this morning on Sunday morning, some of the women said that he is risen and he is not in the tomb. So they know everything about the story. They were eyewitnesses. They were two among the 70 apostles. They did miracles and everything. But once they had the whole story only, the decision was they left Jerusalem to go back into Amos. In verse 33, immediately they, go, they went back to Jerusalem. What happened in between? They met the Lord. And in meeting the Lord, he converted the whole story into a personal revelation. Their heart were was inflamed, were inflamed at the time. Their minds were opened. Why? Because there is an act of revelation happened to them. We ask ourselves always in this time of the 50 days, it's not a time of decline. It's a time of waiting the next step because the journey is endless. We are aiming for the ascension aiming for the pentecost and then it will never end because you are aiming into eternal life where was our lord jesus christ so the two disciples of Moses received a conversion as well how by their eye their eyes has been have been opened through meeting and encountering with the lord we have a lot of informations i'm sure all of you are servants or read the Bibles or hearing sermons Every now and then, especially now, more than ever. But again, we are asking and praying for the Holy Spirit to convert our informations, our knowledge, into a real personal revelations. The same thing happened once more with St. Paul in Acts chapter 9. In Acts chapter 9, we know how he encountered meeting the Lord. From 18 onwards, it looks like a, a, a jumps, of faith or leaps of faith in his heart he was baptized skills came out of his eyes he ate and the bible tells us in immediately he went to the synagogues to convince the jews that jesus is the son of god what happened three days ago a few days ago you were persecuting those who are called christians because you are they were saying Jesus is the son of God. He knew all the informations. And he knew everything about the Christian community. And he was one of the heroes to kill and persecute Christians. But what happened in between? That informations became personal revelation through the work of the Holy Spirit once more. As we have seen, all what happened with the disciples before the Pentecost was... A little bit disrespectful or disgraced by fighting after the communion, fleeing during the cross, hiding after the direction, going to fish once more. But the Holy Spirit converted every single thing into revelations, into reality in their life. Same for the two disciples of Amois, same for St. Paul. So I pray that during this time of the, of the year, it's a time of receiving personal revelations. St. Paul himself in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 16 and 17, he was calling the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowing him. And this spirit is not far from us. He is in me and he is in you since day one, since we, we were baptized. It's time to communicate with the Holy Spirit to live this time of revelation. I'm sure you still remember two weeks ago, in the Friday Eve of the Holy Pascha, we read what you call it, the Gospels of the Pentecost. We read four chapters, nearly a big part of it, in our portion today. To say one thing, we are waiting for the Holy Spirit, and the Church is insisting to read them at the first hour of Friday Eve. Why? To tell us, without the Holy Spirit, you are seeing a story. With the help of the Holy Spirit, he is able to convert the story of the cross into a personal revelation to see your sins crucified, to see your, yourself, Christ went into this to trample this for your sake and for my sake. So the church was the Holy Spirit. Yes, historically he said it in the same time, but in in the same mindset of the church, it's time to rely on him to understand, understand the scriptures, to live it and to reveal the mysteries for each and every one of us, so let's focus on those days that we are here to receive revelations, to see not only the story, not to hear only the story, not to hear only sermons, but by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, to see that He is helping us to take what is His and declare it and convey it to you and me. May the glory of Lord Jesus Christ be with you from now and forever and ever. Amen.
0: Thank you, Abuna, for that and for uh, for beginning. Um the uh, uh our time together with such uh, beautiful contemplations I've been sent some some uh, questions by text and some questions in the chat box so and I'll try to kind of group them to keep to keep our in, in a certain theme you know as we progress and then when we finish a theme we can progress to another one so a question that was asked is uh, Jesus says to his disciples unless I go to the Father, then you he, then he will not receive the Holy Spirit. Why was the, the Holy Spirit only given after uh, uh, Jesus had ascended? Why was it not? If the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and not from the Son, then why was it necessary for the ascension to happen, yes. uh, for the Holy Spirit to be given?
1: Yes, just maybe I answered it, answered it a few minutes ago, it was in between the words. If you imagine the Holy Spirit will come after the resurrection, Even the Lord told them these things even before before his cross uh, in the gospels. So let us assume any of them. If you assume that he is going to come before the cross or before the ascension, what we read immediately, a few minutes ago, he will declare what is mine. I will take what is mine and declare it to you. Then he's going to declare to us up to the resurrection, or if he will appear, he will come before the, the cross. He will declare to us what is available at that moment, which is all the life of Christ except the cross, resurrection, and ascension. So the church is telling us, before the completion of the mission of Christ, the Holy Spirit is going to to declare or to convey to us part of the salvation. We are looking for the whole salvation. That's why by his ascension and his sitting at the right hand of the Father, The mission has been done now, it's time to receive it, to convey it. I'll give you one example to see how it was clear. Have three events in the life of Christ. Many events, but I am showing three events to receive one thing, which is the Holy Spirit himself. So in the Epiphany, Christ received the Holy Spirit in himself for our sake, but we get nothing yet. But he gained or regained the Holy Spirit to dwell once more in our humanity in his baptism, and this is the word of St. Cyril uh, uh, on the epiphany. Easter, Resurrection Sunday evening, he breathed into the nostrils of the disciples and told them to receive the Holy Spirit. They didn't have the indwelling yet, but he told them, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you to the world. So he gives them the authority to give the Holy Spirit, but he is not dwelling in them yet, they didn't do anything with what they received at this moment until the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost all of a sudden received the Holy Spirit, dwelt in them, and they started to use the authority that Christ has given to them, that now they can breathe into the face of a newly baptized child to ordain priests and bishops with the blessing or the authority that Christ gave, gave, gave it to them on Easter night. So he received for himself on this day, on the epiphany gives the authority on the disciples easter night and then they started to work on it once the holy spirit came and dwelt on them if you imagine the holy spirit will come in between what are you going to do here you are going to convey what is already done only so we can say this is an imagination that now the apostles and the holy spirit is conveying to us this power of the life of christ's resurrection Next week, or after two weeks, the Holy Spirit will come again to give you something else, which is essential, which is nonsense. That's why he is insisting, after the completion of the work of Christ, the Holy Spirit will come to convey the whole life of Christ to each and every one of us.
0: That's beautiful, Abouna. And a question that was asked early on in the chat box is, um, uh, uh, It was that very question in John 20, he breathed in them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. What happened? Uh, to them in the Pentecost, if the disciples had already received the Holy Spirit, and Your Reverence answered that question already. Um, another question, Abuna, that was asked is uh, in John nineteen eight. Why did Pilate become more afraid when he heard that uh, Jesus saying that he was the Son of God? Maybe Your Reverence can uh, read the verse for us, John nineteen eight, and uh, and it, it explain to us uh, why. It says that Pilate became even more afraid.
1: Yes, yes. many, many reasons, Abuna. One of them, as you know, that Pilate was, but it's not recording in the Gospel of St. John, I think it's in the other Gospels, that his wife warned him of touching this innocent, righteous person called Jesus at the time. Mm. And now he heard from them that the, the acquisition, that he is making himself, verse 7, Just answered him, we have a law, and according to our law, he ought to die, because he made himself the son of God. You will see the same if you go to John chapter 5. To call yourself the son of God, it means you are co-equal with God. For his wife told him he is righteous, and now the accusation, me it, it seems higher than he is righteous. He is calling himself the son of God. So he was trembling because of the warning of his wife and the, the claim or the accusation was higher than his expectation.
0: Mm. Thank you Abuna, i never actually put those two, those two uh, uh, things together. Um, another question Abuna that, that came is, uh, in Jesus' high priestly prayer in John 17, he says, uh, I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but I pray for those whom you have given me that are yours how come he says i pray for them but i do not pray for the world
1: yes there's something very important in the whole prayer of the lord and there's something very important in the whole mindset of the church when you understand the scriptures what does it mean and for example in the story of the uh, transfiguration he took only three disciples and of course moses and elijah appeared According to St. Cyril the Great in his commentary on the gospel of St. Luke, he was telling us something very important. If three of us as humans have seen the transfiguration, it became the wealth and richness of the whole body. This is number one when we think of any verse. When the Lord here is saying, I'm not praying to the world or for the world, I'm praying for my disciples. What does it mean again? Anyone to enjoy this, can you imagine that the Lord is bringing out our oneness and the world can join us? But He's bringing this is the body and I'm um, bringing to form and to shape the body of Christ or, or of His body, of course. And anyone from the world is going to join, he'll be one with them because He saying, as the Father and I are one, I want them all to be one. He can't pray such a prayer for the world. But definitely, in different other occasions, he was inviting everyone to come and to join the body. But unless you are not in the body, you can't receive the power of the oneness of this body or every single thing else in the prayer in chapter 17, unless you come and join. So this prayer was very special to his body, and he's calling everyone to join the body somewhere else. So we can take it and say he didn't say, I'm praying to the whole world. John 3.16, he... Loved, the Father loves the whole world, but you will never enjoy this love until you are in the body. It's yeah, It comes without saying it. Mm.
0: That's very beautiful, Abuna. So this is not like uh, uh, evidence of uh, a predestination or something no. like that. No, this is a special prayer for the body and for the members of the body. Um, but of course, the heart of God is still for the salvation of every single person.
1: I wonder something else, maybe it's worth noting here. When we speak a lot about the unconditional love, this is what the Father is offering, but you will never enjoy it until you join the body. Because sometimes we are misquoting the unconditional love. Even John 3.16, he loved the world, but whoever believes in him shall not So we need also not to make it more vague or more wide. So we need to put it in the right context, also. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, Abuna, maybe the same thing applies to grace. Uh, that the like the free gift of God is given to all and it's is offered to all, uh, but it's up to each one of us to receive it. It's up to each one of us. Oth- otherwise, it's given, but we don't we don't experience we don't experience it. Is that? Is that how you you would explain it, Abuna? Maybe you can explain to us like grace sounds like a free gift, but then it sounds like there's also maybe like uh, conditions that apply to grace yeah, as
1: well. In a very simple way, Abuna, we call it grace is free but not cheap. That's why Saint Paul says in Ephesians four seven, but to each one of us, each one of us, believers, non-believers, they have the same. Gifts given from above. To each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. How much you, you did you cooperate with the grace of God? Without synergy, it's a cheap grace. With synergy, I'm enjoying the free, free grace.
0: Mm. Another question came um, in John uh, 18.38. What are the father's explanations for why Jesus did not respond to Pilate when he asked him what is truth? Jesus could have said, "I am the truth," but he didn't. He didn't say that.
1: Yeah, you know, we, again, it's very important. Let us make it more general to put a simple rule to understand any similar question. In uh, any part of the scriptures, we can take it off the whole life of Christ. So many times, Jesus said, "I am the way, I am the truth, I am." So he said, he declared it mirror, especially in the Gospel of St. John. As you know, of course, seven times he said, I am. So it was well known for everyone. And Jesus did not come to give the right answer to each and every one, but he gave his message to everyone. But if I am thinking of it in a different way, it's your own issue. What does it mean again? Pilate, and and this, you'll find this in the Gospel of St. Mark, uh, Matthew and Gospel of St. Luke. Pilate and Herod was not friends. They became friends because of Jesus. They started to cooperate for this, uh, uh, to judge the Lord in in a sense. The other thing is about Pilate, and also it was said about Herod. He was happy to see the Lord because he heard a lot of things about him. So if you are looking for a magician, I am not. So is there my... uh, when the Lord is answering, he's answering him or her, whoever they are, based on who you are, all your life. It's not, I asked you a question, give me an answer, at all. Uh, if you remember, in the story of Esther, you'll find Mordecai and Esther to enter once more into the king, king's palace or the king's uh, courtroom. It's, Yani. mean, a risk of her life. But she found favor. Most of the commentators said something very interesting. It's not because what he ha- she has done at the time and he fasted three days. It's because of the whole life of Mordecai. The whole life of Esther, she found favor at that time. Sometimes you are acting with God piece by piece. I fasted for, uh, for the whole Lent. Give me something good now. I'm looking to all your life. It's not only because you fasted the Lent or you give or whatever it is
0: that's uh that's that's very interesting and maybe for some people that's very encouraging (laughs) maybe for others abuna they would find that very discouraging because they feel that their their whole life has been you know like uh far from god and full of uh, sin and so on and now they've returned to god and they feel like Maybe they people would hear that and would feel that uh, they 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 wouldn't be able to make restitution for all of their past sins. What 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 do you think of Una? what yeah,
1: I read immediately John. John uh, sorry, Acts 17, 30. Acts seventeen, <coughs> verse thirteen. Hmm. Truly, times of ignorance got overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. So again, we are talking about a life of repentance. And in Galatians in chapter 6, verse 6 and 7, St. Paul was telling us it's about sowing and reaping. Every minute in your life, you are sowing and reaping. At this moment, you are reaping what you have sown in the past. And at the same time, you are sowing what you are going to reap tomorrow. So once we repent, we stopped all the reaping of the bad things. He overlooked the time of ignorance. <clears throat> then it's time to sow more to reap what you are looking for. Never be afraid. God is good and God is gracious, but start seriously and He will reward
0: you. Mm. Another question uh, um, is here in John 21 verses
1: 19 to 22. Yes.
0: Um, When Jesus restores Peter. he said, why does St. Peter seem bothered that St. Saint John, Saint John is also following Jesus?
1: Yeah. You know, till this moment, as you said, the old man was still there. <clears throat> he was not baptized with the Holy Spirit yet. He was not receive the Holy Spirit yet. So it's, this, nearly it's a continuation of the same jealousy appeared in Luke 22. Who is going to be the greater? Who is the leader? And once this thought comes to our mind, we miss out. So he was bothered, who is higher? That's why some people took it in a a negative way. But the Lord, he told him, in verse 22, Jesus said to him, if I will, that he remain till I come, what is that you you follow me? He is telling you and me again, the same thing. Follow me. Don't look to someone else who is higher than you or better than you or lower than you. It's a personal relationship between you and me. It's not about, are you going to evade me if I do this? Are you going to put me above X or Y because I'm fasting more or reading more or knowing more? It's a direct message for all of us. Don't bother yourself with others. If they are evil, leave them. If they are good, leave them. They have a God and he knows how he's going to deal with them in due time.
0: It's a, that's a very comforting thought, Abuna. Um Another uh, uh, question that came um, is, uh, wh- why is Malchus named mentioned uh, in the Gospel of John? It's not mentioned anywhere anywhere else, the servant of the high priest.
1: You know, it happened different times. Yani, again, it's that's we call it the tradition of St. Mark, the tradition of St. Matthew, the tradition of St. John. Now we are talking. Someone can rec- record few things and miss others. It has nothing to do with is it a real name or not a real name, but it's four different records by the Holy Spirit from the four different angles. There is mm-hmm. nothing. Uh, I myself never read anything about why he was mentioned here. Mm-hmm.
0: Is there well, anything in the tradition of Abuna? Does he does does he become a saint and like a bishop later on or anything, or, or whenever, we never, we, we we never really that. hear anything about him.
1: But you know, there is something very important. And if you read any of the comparison between the four Gospels, the Gospel of St. John is unique by 92% of the content. So it's not only about the name of Malchus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Gospel of St. Mark is unique only for seven by 7%, because most of what he recorded is recorded once more in Matthew and, and, and Luke. But the uniqueness of the Gospel of St. John is bigger than you imagine. <laughs>
0: um uh, when I speak to us about the conviction of the Holy Spirit when Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will come to convict uh, of righteousness and of judgment, what what does that mean and how does that uh, what does that mean in a general sense and and how does that ap- apply to each one of us or what what can we expect of the Holy Spirit in that regard in our own yeah. lives?
1: You know there's two different opinions in this uh, content. Even. Because he said, you convict the world. always so you use it to say he is going to convict the believers. And the actual fact is both are right. Again, we are not worshiping the, the, the letter, but the spirit. What does it mean? We can say, take a sentence as it is and say that the verse is saying so and so, and that's it. We need to read the verse within the context of the chapter and the context of the whole Bible. In the same time so the conviction is to the world and to us as believers when the holy spirit is convicting the world it is for one reason to come back saint paul told us in corinthians chapter even no one can profess jesus as lord except by the holy spirit so we believe the holy spirit is working and convicting the world to come to know the truth he will declare what is mine and declare it to you to you here is everyone Second thing is when he is convicting us as believers in, 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 in three occasions in the Bible, the Holy Spirit was mentioned as something deficient in our life because of our reactions. So in Acts chapter 7 verse 51, he said, do not resist the Holy Spirit. When you resist him, he is convicting us if we are in the church or outside the church in uh, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30 he said do not grieve the Holy Spirit so you can grieve the Holy Spirit inside the church or outside the church but mainly this is more for those who are inside the church and in Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 5 verse 19 he said do not quench the Holy Spirit so when the Holy Spirit is convicting the world mainly for the first one when they are resisting and this was the words of Saint Stephen when he was about to be stoned at the end of his very long uh, homily, uh, he told them, you are resisting the Holy Spirit because you are rejecting Christ. Other two, mainly to the believers, and St. Paul was telling us, we, with our sins, if you go to Ephesians 4, you will find negatives. Uh, sins you are doing them, grieve the Holy Spirit. If you go to First Thessalonians chapter 5, you will find positive things, you don't do them. It quenched the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is working in the world to believe and us for maturity and spiritual growth. Because our calling, according to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 10, to be partakers of His Holiness. So we can't, He is not going to compromise it. He wants every one of us to be partaker of His Holiness. And the Holy Spirit is a sanctifier.
0: Mm-hmm. That's really beautiful. I want to and a very clear explanation of how the Holy Spirit is working in His um, capacity uh, to, shall we say, maybe to rebuke or to uh, to keep us to be our guardrails and keep us on the track in the world and and in each believer for our sins of omission and our sins of uh, of, of commission. Um, uh, Abuna, when, when uh, again, when uh, um, Jesus is speaking with Pilate, he says to him, therefore, the ones who delivered me to you have the greater sin. Does this mean that the, the, the conspirators, be it the Judas or the high priests, would be judged more severely than Pilate? And how does that work?
1: You know, yeah, definitely the word of the Lord is truth. But how to understand it is different. Even the Lord himself said that about Judas, it was better for him not to be born. What does it mean? Some people said it's, or especially those who believed in predestination, which is not true, that he was predestined for it. Definitely not. The Lord warned him many times, especially in the the last week uh, at the house of Mary and Martha. And on Tuesday, on the other miracle, whether it was another miracle or the same miracle on Tuesday evening, on the table on the great Thursday, he warns him again. But definitely, he had the problem that he warned before, which is blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. The Lord, by his yani, divinity, he can see that this person and those uh, high priests will remain to the last breath, resisting the holy spirit that's why he was prophesying about their unworthiness of even to repent he was not pushing them still we believe every one of us whoever he is whatever my sin is like the thief on the cross who believed that we have a chance but for him to foresee something it doesn't mean at all is predestined this person you know this is the difference between the prophecy a real prophet and someone just saying any words. we can see this again very clearly in Jeremiah chapter 28 with the story of uh, Azariah son of Ananias. He prophesied by mistake, and he did great things in front of Jeremiah. Jeremiah told him, you will die this year, and this will never happen. And this is what has been recorded in Jeremiah at the very end of the same chapter 28. So the Lord, by his divinity, he can tell us this man. That's why even when the Lord was saying, sons, brood of viper, the Lord is swearing. No, he knew exactly what is in their heart. When I say it, I'm guessing. But when he is saying something to them, he is not judging. He told them many times, you are hypocrites. When I say it to you, it's a sin. But when he is saying it, he knew with full assurance that those people are hypocrites.
0: Hmm. Um. Abuna, tell us a little bit about uh, Jesus's conversation with Saint Peter after the resurrection, when he tells me, tells him, uh, if, uh, Peter, do you love me more than these? And he compares uh, the love of Peter to the love of the other apostles. Is that is he comparing him, or is he? Um, distinguishing him. Did this conversation happen between Jesus and Peter only, or was it in front of all of the other disciples as well? Um, explain to us a little bit about what yeah. Jesus is saying to him. Then. In
1: chapter 21, verse 15, it's, it, it, it's it's clear there is no separation between the disciples and Peter, he said. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, it's, it looks like in front of everyone, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than this? He said to him, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. He said to him, feed my, my lambs. What does it mean again? It's not a comparison. But he was reminding them again with they dialogue on uh, Luke chapter 22. They were fighting who is greater. And again, he was telling them, if you want to be greater, serve. If you want to be greater, go under the feet of everyone and wash it. So... Now, most of the commentators, especially the church fathers, said it was a, a kind of restoring Peter into his rank emotionally and spiritually after he denied him. So it's a more of a restoration rather than making him the head of the church as the Catholic used to say. Mm. And again, if any one of us sees that he is, I pretend or I say, I love the Lord, He's telling us, feed my lamb and then uh, tend my sheep. It's the sign that he is asking everyone who called himself a Christian or a servant if you won't do it, go and wash the, the feet of others. So let us pray for each other to be able to do it wellfully and joyfully at all times.
0: Amen. <laughs> Amen. Willfully and joyfully. (laughs) Yes. Um, uh, Jesus uh, in John 14, 28 says, uh, uh, I go to the Father for the Father is greater than I. Yes. Uh, Explain this to us. How can he say the Father is greater than I?
1: Yes. Two things again. Let us make a background and then the answer is good. Of course, as you know, this is one of the most famous verses that's used by Arius to trying to claim that Christ is not equal to the Father and he's less than the Father. Uh, first of all, we need to read the scripture with the church in the church. So if I will take the scripture alone without the liturgy, for example, I'll miss out. So we believe the church not hidden, but summarized the faith her faith into the liturgy to enable the at that time in the early church the illiterate and those who doesn't own did not own Bibles to know the everything about our faith in our daily life in the liturgy of baptism liturgy of the Eucharist or whatever liturgy we have in the church so we can't take any verse out of the mindset of the church second thing is and this is said by Saint Essences, We need to ask ourselves who is talking, to whom, and what is the content of it. So, back to the verse, verse 28. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said, I am going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. Who is talking? It's the incarnated Word of God. Talking to who? To his disciples. And he's talking about his heavenly father okay in this status of humanity that can we see him in all his glory definitely not so once he's going back to the father he was praying and even he they heard the voice and the Lord told them it's not for me this voice is for you he told him I glorified and I will glorify what does it mean again? In this status of the incarnation, he is incarnate now, he is taking the form of man, and you can read it carefully in Philippians chapter 2 from verse 5 to 8, he is taking the form of a servant, he emptied himself, this is the form that he is talking about it now. Remember again, have two paragraphs in the creed about our Lord Jesus Christ, the first one about his divinity, light of light, true God of true God, second part can explain this more to us. We say, who for us men and for our salvation, he became man. So every single thing in his humanity was not in need for the son. It was our need. Who for us men and for our salvation became man till his second coming. That's why St. Gregory of Nessa used to say, before the incarnation of the son of God, nothing was missing from the second person of the Trinity, And after the incarnation, nothing has been added to him. It was full God but he has our humanity for the sake of our own salvation. So when he is saying, my father is greater than I, it is at this point in this flesh he is greater than it. but in his divinity, he is co-equal with the father, co-eternal with the father in everything. So we need to understand when he is talking at what at one point and what is the time or the point of comparison and how the church received it from day one. One more last thing. The church lived the divinity of Christ, the quality of Christ, before writing the scriptures. We you know, as most of the commentaries said that the Gospel of St. Luke is St. John, was written nearly at the end of the first century. The church lived nearly over 60 years believing that Christ is God. So this verse is not going to convert or to put our face upside down. It's totally the opposite. He's assuring of us, of every one of us, that he took flesh and this in this, he emptied himself, and now he is back to his glory. And again, in the same gospel of St. John, chapter 17 and verse 22, he was praying to the Father, the glory that you have given me, I have given them. What does it mean? I emptied myself from my glory and took flesh like them, except sin, of course, to take the glory and according to again to St. Gregory of Nesta, it's the Holy Spirit. To dwell once more in this human human nature and then to give this glory to them. As we said, the epiphany, he receives the glory for himself, for us and himself. In the Pentecost, he good the authority, sorry, in the Eastern night, with the authority in the Pentecost was given to each and every one of us. So remember that he was talking in his humanity after he emptied himself, but his divinity is co-equal with the Father in everything eternally.
0: Abuna, another question that people ask uh, uh, often is, what what um, what does it mean when we're praying just together in a prayer meeting or each one of us standing before God and we ask him to fill us uh, with his Holy Spirit? Or St. Paul commands us in Ephesians uh, 4, Abuna 5, be 15. filled with- be, be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's, it's a command, it's an imperative. It's not something just for uh, the saints or for uh, this or that person, but it's a command for all uh, for all of us. What's, what's the difference between that prayer or what are we expecting in that prayer from then what your your reverence has been telling us about so far?
1: Yes, I'll tell you something, Abby. We believe in th- three different acts of the Holy Spirit. First of all, he dwells in us in day one when we are baptized. Then we have two different ways, I can say. If you go far from the Lord, we have been receiving the gift for free. The baptism is given to us while we were infants for free. I can quench the spirit, I can grieve the spirit, and live a very unholy life. We pray that everyone in this status and you will come back by the conviction of the Holy Spirit. But if I will keep myself in a life of repentance, con- con- convinced that this is the way, I need some two other things. I need to be filled and refilled. What does it mean? I will ask you a very simple question. You were baptized, you had communion maybe five weeks ago or six weeks ago before you are in this lockdown. But normally you used to have communion every week. Do you have the communion every week because the last week's communion expired? Definitely not. But because of our continuous weakness, we need to be reaffirmed in the Lord, steadfast more in the Lord. Same thing for the Holy Spirit. He's in me. He still dwells in me, but I need to be filled and refilled for different missions and for my spiritual maturity and growth. Then what you call it, the third uh, dealings with the Holy Spirit is to overflow. Like those saints are, overflowing in their teachings, in their miracles, in their spiritual life. And once by getting closer to them, you receive a power. Since uh, Sarofim of Sarov, he used, he used to say, acquire the Holy Spirit and thousands of people will be saved around you. What does it mean? And filled and refilled and overflowing and everyone comes closer to him, who's in touch with God himself.
0: Is this filling Abuna uh, through the the means of grace, uh, or is is there something uh, something more?
1: All the means of grace, but one of the, one of the missing things in our life, I think, talking to the person himself. We need to to train ourselves how to talk to the person, third person of the Holy Trinity, the Holy Spirit. As the Church is teaching us every day in the third hour, we talk to a person, but unfortunately, maybe this is a few minutes or few seconds that I used to speak to the, to the third person, and then I forget about him. So it's a gift given to us to speak to him in person as the church is teaching us. So if you call him the treasury of all goodness, this treasury of all goodness is in me. He is not just in heaven. Yes, he fell everywhere, but he's in me. I need to talk to him, and he's able to give me whatever I'm in need of.
0: Mm. Thank you, Abuna. That's actually that's so beautiful. We have time, maybe for just a couple of, of more uh, questions, uh, and then uh, and then we'll, we'll ask uh, Your Reverence to pray for us, Abuna, How is it that um, that uh, Jesus, when he heals um, the the man by the pool of Bethesda uh, in uh, John 5, when he uh, inc- has his encounter with the, w- the sinful woman in John 8, he says to them, go and sin no more. Um, how would it be possible for them to sin no more? Uh, and this is all prior to the giving of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Um, how, how would that work?
1: You know, uh, <clears throat> the word sin in the understanding of the church has two different meanings. There is let me focus more on the on John 8, the one who caught an adultery. Or whoever lived a sinful life in a way or another. There's a sin like as an attitude, or sin as a conduct. If it's an attitude, you have to stop your attitude and to change. And this is the simple meaning of repentance. I was going in the wrong direction, now I choose the right direction. But sin no more doesn't mean be sinless. So conduct. I can say it's acceptable. It's part of our daily repentance. We we'll find two even d- different repentances in the, in, the, in the scriptures. In Acts chapter 11, verse 18, St. Peter in chapter 10, he had the great conversion of Cornelius, first Gentile to become a believer. In chapter 11, he was telling them the story. He said in verse 18 that the Gentiles received repentance to life. This is a conversion. I'm not going to live this sinful life anymore. But by making this 180, I'm still in the same point. I'm just redirected myself, which leads to a life of repentance. Every day I'm repenting. Here. So sin no more, it's the repentance to life, but it doesn't mean you are sinless or be sinless at all. Mm.
0: That's a that's a beautiful distinction. Um, Maybe one more question and uh, then we'll we'll pray uh, uh, and maybe we'll be able to have some more time together as well. Um, uh, Jesus says to his disciples, uh, in my father's house, there are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. What are these mansions, Abuna?
1: Let us open it. It's 14. Chapter 14. Read from the beginning, because it has a very simple and very nice meaning. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. Uh, If you go to verse 23 in the same chapter. Yes, answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. The same verb and the same word, meno or meno. It's will make our home. Mansions. It's the same word. What does it mean? The journey starts from here. If now I am keeping his commandments according to fourteen twenty three, the Father and the Son will come and make home in me. Saint Paul said, to "Us, the Holy Spirit dwells in you." So, if the Father and the Son, of the Holy Spirit dwelling in me. And he's preparing a place for me He is telling me first you are a micro heaven and going to heaven to make a home an eternal home the word means here even Arabic is most more deceiving Arabic it's manazel manazel it means like hotels you go for a night and leave but homes it's an indwelling place forever so he went to prepare for us an indwelling place forever based on We accept it. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and will come to him and make our home with him
0: that's really beautiful abuna um abuna we're nearing the the end of our time together uh, i'd like to uh, leave a few minutes for uh, your reverence to comment on 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 any aspect maybe i'll maybe i can ask your reverence a question what is what is your favorite verse or personally or your favorite Uh, story or encounter or in the Gospel of John. Tell us about it in a couple of minutes, Sabuna, and then we'll ask you to conclude in prayer.
1: In fact, I'll tell you about a favorite word. (laughs) Great. Great. You know the word kathos in Greek? It's the word as in English. It's mentioned in the whole New Testament 181 times. but In the Gospel of St. John, 28 times was a totally different understanding from others. The same word, as or kathos. In the Gospel of St. John, the word kathos or as is showing us a great beauty. I'll give you one example. Again, it's in chapter 10, John 10, 14, which is one of the 28. This one, I like it very much. Read 14 and 15. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, my sheep, and I am known by all, my own. As the father knows me, even so I know the father. What does it mean? There is a relationship eternal between the father and the son. And then the word as comes in between you and me. So he is trying to tell us: I came from heaven as a mediator. And I would like to have this relationship between me and you, like the relationship between me and the Father. If you go through them one by one, the 28, you'll find a great, impossible uh, gift from, from the Lord. But it's very good to be true. One more in John seventeen twenty-three, he said in his prayer, you loved them as you loved me. Again, if you imagine, the love between the Father and the Son is as love of the Father to me or to you. Just think of it. You'll find the word as definitely what the Son has is by nature. What we have is by adoption through grace. Enjoy what you have by adoption by grace. You are loved as from the Father, as the Father is loving his only begotten Son Jesus Christ.
0: Amen. 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 What 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 greater gift, Abuna? what yeah. greater gift the the unity in the trinity the indivisibility of the trinity the love between the persons of the trinity and that god has 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 squeezed us in into this you know uh, uh you know has has uh, has um I'm, i i can only think of the word in arabic maybe your grace can think and maybe your reverence can think of it in english hasharna <laughs> into the holy trinity in this in this uh in this relationship of love. Pray for us, Sabuna.
1: Yes, let us pray together. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, my God. I mean, Father God, we are bowing our heads before your holy glory. We know that we don't deserve such a wonderful love. But by your grace, we accepted this love. By your grace, we are bowing our heads. To your Lord, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to give us what he has by nature, to be ours by grace through adoption. Lord, I pray for everyone bowing his head or her head before you now to open our minds once more and our hearts once more to be able not to comprehend but to accept such graces which is above and beyond our comprehension. Praise with the intercessions and prayers of Virgin Mary and St. Mark and all the saints who have believed since the beginning and hear us when we pray to you thankfully, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name.
0: Thank you very much, Shabuna. It's it's just such a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us and to share this time together um, and to share the revelation of uh, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ as he is revealed in the Gospel of John together. and uh, really we can't thank you enough um, for the joy that you've brought to our hearts.